Welcome back to Debate Amongst Friends. Uh, at this time, we're going to pay respect to those we have lost within the last two to three weeks. Uh, first, we have Michael McCaskey, former Bears chairman. He has passed away at the age of 76. We also have Phyllis George, former Miss America, who became a female sportscaster on CBS and was the first female lead for NFL Today. And lastly, we had breaking news yesterday as Nolia Marte, the wife of Sterling Marte, who is the outfielder for the Arizona Diamondbacks, has passed away of a heart attack. We definitely want to send our condolences and pay tribute with a moment of silence. We are not Sports Center. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Debate Amongst Friends. I am the Professor John Guy. My co-host over here is Doc Leesner, the podcasting beast, and we're ready to provide you with another fun edition of sports news, analysis, and the reads. A few days ago, we had the Madden Bowl Championship. And it's so funny because we were just talking about Madden last week when we introduced Gaming Amongst Friends presents EFL, the Elite Ball League, right there on the Xbox. You can find it on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, you name it, you can find it, all the games and highlights. Um, so it's just so funny and apropos that everything is happening around this time. However, Prof, yes, the headline reads, Radle Joke Brito wins first Madden Bowl championship behind run-only offense. Yeah. You saw, you saw it live. I did. Well, I saw, I saw the replay. I didn't watch it. Oh, I saw the replay. Which yes, because I wanted to be able to skip when I'm seeing commentators speak. Because the commentators, I tell you right now, folks, those commentators—they're no doc and prof. I'll tell you that right now. Honestly, it's usually only one guy that seems credible, and then the other person is just like you know a filler. But you're saying both of them were kind of—it was three of them. Oh, three of them. That's new. See, the, the tournaments that I've watched in the past, which, again, the last week after launching the EFL, I've, mm-hmm. I've watched just to see how it's different, you know. And it kind of goes against the philosophy of what the EFL stands for. Because it's like in, in this Madden Bowl championship classic, the championship tournament, you know, it's all about playing the right cards and skill points, pretty much. Like, it's, it's not real stick skills. We're talking about skill points. Yes. You know, I mean, anybody can truck somebody when you got somebody who has that skill set on that card. Um, but apparently Joe, who I did get a chance to watch play, um, pretty solid player. Um, I think in the game that I watched, he won at the end of the game, which it sounds like something uh, something that you watched earlier this weekend as well. You saw a, a last play <laughs> win, a walk-off win, home yeah, run touchdown. 93-yard bomb. Um <laughs> Against uh, Clef the God, which mm-hmm. immediately I was like, oh, no, we're about to have some uh, new names happening here. <laughs> a, a meltdown. We might have 
you know, cleft the meltdown artist. I mean, because you could you would lose it after something like that. You would lose it, um, especially when you know you should have won and you lose. The worst, like it was the the commentators was hyping him up. And great, this is the top four. So right. you know, these are the best four players in Madden twenty. Sure. Bar none. Like uh, it doesn't matter uh, how allegedly. Like allegedly. allegedly. Uh, you know what? They're the best mutt players in the country. Gotcha. Madden Ultimate Team players. I'm gonna go with that because I again I just don't feel like this is skillful. You know, and, and we'll talk more about EFL as the season comes along. And we hope the no, folks no. out there get a chance. Yeah, I do hope you I do hope they to do, watch but... it because it has been compelling. There has been a lot more drama. We have seen meltdowns. We have. But and we mean, have seen a I lot of cheer tossings. <laughs> well, see what I'm saying here is that like and, and you went over uh, some of the players that are being used. Mostly, it's the same players by both teams. Yes. Um, occasionally, you might see a different player. Well, I, mean, I believe you said for the most part, it's most it's mostly the same players. And I hate to interrupt mm. you, and I don't mean no, to you're fine. do that. Um, but it's essentially the same players with a few outliers, of course. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, as you said, it's about those uh, star abilities, um, right? And jokes. Uh, approach to uh, this particular tournament with his team was to put a lot of emphasis on both his defense and his um, offensive line as well as his running back. So he had no right. receiving core. His receiving core mm-hmm. compelled of actually um, actual um, offensive linemen. And well, he I had, heard that. Yes. Yes. And An he, offensive lineman at quarterback. No, he had Eli Manning uh, at, at the quarterback. Uh, see, see that was a now see now that was a clickbait article because someone had wrote that he had an offensive lineman at quarterback. No, and that's whoever what, wrote that I, is absolutely that was wrong. terrible. That was factually yeah. incorrect. <laughs> but mm. uh, Joke, who is from West New York, New Jersey, so shoutouts mm-hmm. for uh, Hudson County uh, brethren. Mm-hmm. There. Um, mm-hmm. It was fun to watch it. Um, it reminded me a lot of, and granted, you know, we talked about the whole, you know, card aspect of sure, the players that right. they use in here, but it reminded me a lot of watching you and your family play Madden back in the day, uh, because it oh. was a lot more strategy towards it. Sure. Um, you know, it wasn't just hike the ball and try to give it to like, you know, halt. Right. You know, right. for the most part. Um, yeah. but it was Interesting. Uh, I mean, I mentioned there was a, a lot of meltdowns. Um, definitely some bugs happening uh, mm. during the tournament as well, uh, where they would actually have to speak to the admins and, you know, basically state their claim about things. It only happened during this broadcast. It was three games. I want to say it happened maybe once a game, uh, once yeah. uh, per round. So it wasn't terrible. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty average, I would say. Usually about two times per game. And and also, I, I like the fact that they're not making them, like, forcing them to play on one system. Yes. I do like that part because sometimes people are comfortable on whatever system that they're comfortable on. Yes. Um, which removes the excuses. Um, I started to think of, uh, when speaking about Joe, going back to him real quickly, I was mm-hmm. thinking of, him 
incorporating the same methodology towards playing the game because it wasn't flashy. Mm-hmm. Um, although he was able to break out for a couple of really big runs as well as sure. I believe it was like a 70-yard uh, TD run mm-hmm. um, with uh, Gail Sayers. Mm. But it reminded me a lot of either Tokido or Daigo Umehara. Mm. Breaking down names. Name dropping, folks. He's name dropping. Possibly. Possibly. Mm. Kind of um, lulling people to sleep kind of thing. Yes. <laughs> because know, like not really because like he, going he, he on is, the offensive. But. Honestly, like, and this is the craziest part, Doc. He played the same, he ran the same play. And, the and, and that's the craziest thing. Game. Is it power or stretch? Dive? Which one is uh, it? It was dive. Dive. It was dive. And then somehow, and, and, and it's like somehow the, there's nothing that the other person could do. Nope. And that's not skill. No. That's not skill. <laughs> That's how I say that is that's not skill like that. That frustrates, and that's the part that frustrates me because it's like, you know, some people are really good at Madden. It's like you find a play that really, really works, and there's nothing you could do about it. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, you know, well, dang, you know, what am I? What are we supposed to do? You know, you really just have to outscore the person. Um, but ultimately, if he, if it's a play that works, I guess, and they call this, you know. Madden Championship. I mean, we have to just accept it, I guess. My thing is, I'd rather see a championship run with people with who actually have skill. Like you know, like let's say you don't have these the great players, and it's not just about EFL. It's just like regular teams. I want to see people play with regular teams. How do these people you play see with regular skill teams? versus who has the larger wallet? Yeah, and, and and in some cases, I I will say this. In certain cases, I won't even say that it's about larger watch. The the I won't even say it's about larger wallets yes. because even in two K and, and and we talked about this in the past with these card games, um, and I I think we talked about it being or not being gambling related, um, but in this situation, it's it's really more about people having the time you know really that's the currency i guess time is the currency you know having the time to play you know hundreds and thousands of games to get those coins because really you're buying this stuff with madden currency or 2k currency yes so if you play a whole bunch of games you get currency then you get you know special rewards for completing the amount of games um it it just gets to be kind of crazy um I've never gotten into it. You know, I think I tried once actually with Madden and I thought I had a pretty good team until I went up against somebody who, I mean, he just had my ticket that day because at that day I was like, you know what, this isn't for me because it's, it's fantasy. It's not real. This person got, you know, Warren moon and some of these guys who are legends Mm -hmm. and I'm here playing, I'm here playing with rookies thinking that I'm doing something. (laughs) <laughs> you know. uh, you're 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 more about the journey than the actual destination. Like you want to be able to build a team, right. you know, from that ground up. Versus, hey, well, this is the best team. Let me just add a couple more, uh, a couple more of these other players from these other teams mm-hmm. or some of these legends. You know, I'm unstoppable. You know, I'm the best. Right. Oh, I'm the best. Really. <laughs> like not, not really, because all you're doing is stacking your team with 
greatness. So it's like, how do you know that you're good if everybody, like if, if the team that you're playing with is really, really good and you don't have to actually pass the ball because that you can run the same play. And that goes, that comes back to another question that, that I, I think I asked, I think you might've mentioned it. And my brother mentioned it as well as so I'm wondering if these guys are playing on all Madden. I, I was uh, telling you, I don't think it was an all Madden at all. I don't think it was an all Madden yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, I felt like I don't think it can I mean, be because I think in all Madden, I think that eventually the the computer picks up on what you're doing and they throw you a freaking bone. And everybody on the field, I would say, with these guys that they're playing with, their play recognition skills have to be high, and that's the part that doesn't make any sense. Yes. So there's there's just no possible way they're playing on all Madden. I just I'm just not buying it. No. I, well, I I can definitely contest from watching it. The AI wasn't that smart. And that's crazy. Even though they're like the greatest players at their position, the fact that they wouldn't be smart is wild. I mean, folks, folks, I mean, this is why, you know, you have to watch it to make these determinations about these players. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) At least because they New Jersey got a champion in something this year. Facts. I can't believe you said that, but uh, that's that's facts. Um, but tell me, but let's go back to it here. I mean, I'm not going to take any credit away. I mean, he did win the game. This is the the Madden Ultimate Team Championship game. Um, he was able to out glitch his opponent. That and, wasn't really out glitching. It was only one glitch during that championship game. Hmm. It was only one issue. Um, you know, program uh, programming. No, no, no. I'm I'm not talking about programming. I'm saying if he was able to run the same play, that's, oh. that's a glitch. That's a glitch in my my opinion. <laughs> EA. It's most likely some EA or Madden will patch up so that they'll have to choose power or stretch next year. Which EA you know, sports glitching stretch. <laughs> Which, you know, when I was watching, uh, the person was running with Eric Dickerson. He just kept running the same stretch play. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, it's just not football. So it, it, I guess that's where it kind of gets me upset because, you know, you really want to watch people play football. You know, you got Deion Sanders out there. Like, I want to see Deion Sanders cover somebody. You know what I mean? Like, I, that's what I want to see. So, um, but let's see. He won the championship. You know, he ran, you know, similar play. I mean, was there anything else that stood out to you? Like, I mean, what else was there that you was just like, man, I, I I can't believe that happened? Nothing? That was bad. He just ran, he just ran the same play. Eli didn't throw any passes. Um, the person who lost uh, the runner-up, um, Dale D. Croft Mycroft uh, mm-hmm. from Washington, I mean – he had a very patriotic approach, very Patriots uh, approach to his game. So that mm-hmm. was interesting. Um, his first game against, you know, your boy, Clef the God, playing with the Buccaneers. Um, yeah, that was, pre- that was that was real ironic, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, that game was pretty fun in the first quarter, but after that, it was over. Like, you could just tell that uh, Clef the God was completely put on tilt and he just could not recover. But, you know, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, 
a win is a win, a loss is a loss. I don't know if there are the consolation prizes here. I do see the championship that joke won here, $65,000, which is pretty awesome. You know, I mean, if that's for the year, I mean, 65K a year to play Madden and build a superstar roster, um, which I would invest $5,000 in a star-studded lineup every year if that's all you got to do uh, to get to the top. Um, but uh, he also walks away with a 24-karat gold plate with seven. 100 Swarovski rhinestones. Yes, and that's the Madden Championship belt, folks. So it's an actual I mean, belt. He is going to be cat. Listen, I would be Batista and all over the place, just not slamming it down on the ground. That's something I wouldn't be doing. I mean, whew, I would never take that off, personally. I, I w- it would be almost like the million dollar belt. <laughs> I, I would. exactly um but i think uh you know we just want to wish you know joke congratulations uh congratulations to all the contestants um hopefully they continue to be competitive and uh, hopefully they all tune to efl ea sports you might need to bring in doc leaster to your next i agree (laughs) i just think we just i think they probably need storylines that's what they need i think they need storylines maybe get to a point where you have these guys coming in like this way you have the, with the story they they were trying hold on way hold on. too hard for storylines i think see, and that's that's where you know creativity comes in because let's the top 16 players yes. right 16 madden players they put them in a league where you have a fantasy draft of all the in a, the Madden players. You can pick any Madden player you want. Can't repeat, of course. That would prove something to me. Like, hey, these guys are really good. They took these players. They didn't, you know, have to go out and get cards or anything. They played it out. That's a tournament. You know what I mean? Like, you build something. Not, hey, you bring your best set of Pokemon cards. I'm going to bring my best set of Pokemon cards and let's do this out. Did we just have a Pokemon reference on the show? That has never happened, no. folks. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, because that's pretty much what this is. We're talking about virtual freaking Pokemon at this point. In the, in this particular century. We've, we've left Nintendo 64 and we've moved into Xbox One and PlayStation Pokemon Madden tournaments. This is pretty brilliant by EA. Brilliant. But come on, that's 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 no good. I hope I, I know they're not going to do away with it because they're making a lot of money. They're making I just a lot wish, of money. <laughs> I, just, I, I just wish that the tournament would be more competitive, where people can't use the same players, the same play over and over. Just put it on all Madden and, you know, let's see some real skill. Um, But before you tear up anymore, I think we should take a quick break. Doc, NFL offseason stuff has been going on. Uh, People getting themselves healthy. You know, they're recovering from injuries from the past year. 
And uh, there's a lot of people who decide to get themselves in trouble with the law. <laughs> I just don't get it. I don't know uh, what's going on. I don't know if they're just bored. I think they're definitely bored. <laughs> and I mean, I could see if these guys were, you know, super young. You know, but some of these guys are well into their careers. You might have one or two that might be under 24, 25. But come on. This this would this would be on each edition of Come On Man if we had Monday Night Football right now. Come I on, feel like I feel man. like you might need to just make that into his new segment for the show. <laughs> the weekly come, come on, on man. <laughs> come on, man. I mean, so I, over the we, past we probably, over we probably the past, can't use come on man though, but no. Come on, guys. <laughs> really? Really? Plus. Plus. <laughs> come, on. come on, guys. What are you doing out there? Um, but we had five or six guys that over the last two to three weeks, which I don't understand, but we've got arrest for drugs, DUIs, guns, and above all, I, I really can't understand this one, armed Robbery. Do you want to start off with that one? Because that's the most recent. That's the most recent. I don't understand. I'm hoping they both, I read they both uh, pled not guilty. Yep. Um, They were talking about DeAndre Baker and Quentin Dunbar. Um, Both (sighs) unbelievable. This is accused of being involved in armed robbery of cash and jewelry after a party, which a party during COVID 19 should be an offense by itself these days <laughs> um, but oh my god come on Dak you can't be doing that kind of stuff um, but DeAndre Baker cornerback of the New York Giants and Quentin Dunbar Seattle Seahawks cornerback uh, did turn themselves in uh, they pled not guilty but what the heck guys like what the heck it's um, dumb even even if they come out even if, if it comes out that they didn't do any of this and they're being set up or, you know, they're being framed. Just the fact that they were in a position, you should be home resting your body. Yes. You should be home, you know, getting your, your body right for the, the season that eventually is going to happen. Um, you should be getting your mind right. You should be in the playbook. You should be doing anything constructive, but going out and being in a position where you could get even framed for armed robbery. Mm. Come on, yes. Yeah, so I mean, and, I, and that. that really goes. That really, <laughs> see, that really goes for all of them because you know you got Cody Lattimore, wide receiver of the Washington Redskins. You got Ed Oliver, Buffalo Bills defensive tackle, and you got Brashad Breeland, cornerback of the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs, who must have thought because he won Kansas City a Super Bowl that he could go out there and just do drugs. So not only does he have drugs. But marijuana possession, folks, we need to make sure we put down what exactly was the drugs. (laughs) Which, and and I guess this goes back to the rule, the new CBA, which I guess technically he could have the marijuana. Now, is that in effect now, though? Or was that supposed to be in effect for next season? See, I thought it was, uh, I thought some of those things were effective immediately because some of the, um, some of the undrafted rookies, it showed, started getting some of that pay that they discussed 
in the CBA. So I thought that started immediately. And I thought some of the other things like extending the league started next season, like extending the games, yeah. uh, those kind of things. But well, that's going to start 2022, I believe. Right. So some of those things I knew was waiting down the line, but I yes. think some of these other things like the money and the tuition assistance and some of this other stuff, I think that's happening immediately. But either way, I mean, you can't just be driving in a different state. I don't know if he lives in South Carolina, but it says marijuana possession and a resisting arrest, which, you know, resisting arrest in these situations could be anything. Anything. Yeah, so I, I'm not going to touch too much on that because um, we've had a lot of things with the African-American community. But I think in this situation, these guys just can't do this. No. You just can't. Ed Oliver, DUI, and gun possession, I mean, mm. you just can't do that. I mean, and, and uh, Rashard Breland, we just fact-checked. He is from uh, Allendale, South Carolina. So – so he is from South Carolina. Yes. So he was there. Uh, he probably tailed him a little bit, like, hey, saw you leaving wherever, you know, because that's what happens. You get followed, especially if you're a high profile person. Mm-hmm. You're going to get followed. Somebody wants to dime you out. You kidding me? Haters going to hate for real. Pretty much. Um, but someone as young as Ed Oliver and Cody Lattimore, I mean, some of these other guys, uh, Quentin Dunbar and Rashad Breeland, they, they're kind of veterans at this point. Uh, so they really, really should know better. Uh, Ed Oliver, Buffalo Bills defense tackle, I believe he was a rookie last year. Um, is his accused of driving while intoxicated and unlawfully carrying a weapon, which I get it. You know, you're a, you're a defense tackle, you're, you're a star, you got money, you try to protect yourself. There is no reason at all. I think it cost, I know here in North Carolina, it cost maybe a hundred bucks to get uh, conceal and carry, <laughs> you know, $5, $10, $15, whatever it is to purchase the handgun, like the purchase permit. So, there is no reason that somebody who makes millions of dollars should have a unlawful weapon in their possession. It's just not possible. If you want a gun, you just pay for it. Pretty much. I mean, that's it. You pay for it. There's I mean, no reason. Granted, it's at an granted. airport and it's weird with these airport rules. Well, see, with the airports, I believe you have to, don't you, you have to check it, don't you? I, I believe you ch- want to say no. I think you have to check your weapons. You can't obviously you can't take it on the plane with you. No, of course. Not. <laughs> yeah, I think if I'm not mistaken, I believe you have to check your weapons. Um, I don't know if you want to do a, a fact check, but I believe. Yeah, we might need um, to fact check that because. <laughs> yeah, because I think I, I don't uh, even know if I still want to put that into the Google search. Just. Oh, I could put it on there. <laughs> Yeah, that's right here. That's don't, that's don't get flagged. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll do it. No worries. This is within the U.S. You can only travel with firearms and ammunition, included pellet and BB guns, in your check bags if you're over 18. It says you must check them in with an agent and declare you're traveling with firearms. And, of course, it must be unloaded, which is easy. So is there a particular type of gun that's not allowed? No, it it just says uh, it just says firearms because, because that could be a great. And I'm not defending him. 
I just, just want to find out the facts. And in this situation, I'm only looking at American Airlines. It says unloaded in a locked, hard-sided container where the mm-hmm. firearm is totally inaccessible. And then it says it says rifle cases require locks on them. So you okay, can carry so you can as, as a rifle. rifle. Okay. Yeah. Um, it says uh, ammunition must be in the original packaging from the manufacturer or a packaging specially designed to carry small amounts of ammunition yep. made of fiber, wood, or metal. And it says with a maximum of 11 pounds per container. Okay. Ammunition is not accepted if it's loose or the magazines are like loose So, AKA folks, you cannot go to the airport with a baggie full of ammo. Exactly. <laughs> you can't use the little travel baggies to put your ammo in. It has to be. But it's, only, so, but it's, it's under four ounces. No, no. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> so, in this situation, there's no reason, like none. For him to have a, a, a weapon that he could have easily got number one certi- certificate for, which I'm hoping that that's the situation. He, he just wasn't registered. Maybe he didn't have the right paperwork. Yep. You know, registered weapon, put in a little box. I don't ammunition know. In a, I mean, don't put your it, ammunition in a baggie. It, it makes me wonder what happened during the approach when he got, you know, charged. I mean, was he carrying it with him on at the gate? Like, how did he get past security with the gun? Like, like those are the things. Those are some of the things that Doc and Prof want to know. <laughs> I just, I just want to know because it just doesn't make any sense. Yes. Um, as to what he didn't. So pretty much the story is here. He it says he was driving and he had an open beer between his legs, uh, which I don't know why you would do that. You would just put it under the seat or something or put it in the glove box anywhere, not just sitting there between your legs. Even though he's a big guy, I mean, it's easy for the cop to just lay. Hey, you got a can right there, my guy. Like, come on, what are you doing? No drugs were found. But obviously, he failed the sobriety test. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you failed the sobriety test. Most likely, they probably can check your vehicle and it just didn't help that he was swerving also so yeah that that didn't help um but although it's weird that he wasn't charged dy though yeah that is i, I don't know um Guess it probably that. was maybe he, maybe he was and they just didn't put it on here well here it says dui and gun on the little um uh, arrest database that we found on the USA Today, which is pretty crazy that this exists, but um, I just think that's crazy. So between DUIs, guns, robbery, it just don't make no sense. Like, And it's sad because this kind of goes to show how people would be if they weren't in the NFL. Like, would they be living like this? Mm. If they was like, you know what I'm saying? Like, would they be living like this? Like, would like you're you're talking about letting a lot of people down, especially your families? Because I'm sure a lot of them are taking care of their families, and I'm sure that pressure can be insurmountable. But you know, you're letting you got to be thinking ahead. Like, they can get cut from their teams. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, their careers could be over for something stupid like this. We've seen people get set up for the okie doke, go to jail. For a long time, because you're mixed up with the wrong people. Yep. So I, I don't know. I'm hoping that this doesn't turn out for the, for, like that for these guys. But you just oh, and 
I'm hoping that, you know, the NFL, I want to say helps them, but not like help them escape legal troubles. No. I mean, help them, you know, rebound and recover from this so that it never happens again. As well as use it for a learning experience to teach, you know, other the, football the players coming into the league as well, too, because that's pretty exactly. important. Like, we finally got to the point to where they're helping them manage their money well. Well, and they have the rookie symposium every year where they, you know, they the, the veterans go and talk to the rookies about money management, staying out of trouble, how to take care of your body. So it's like you just want people to be smart. And I feel like some people after a while, they just feel like they have it all under control and they just start doing their own thing. Yeah. I get it. But not in this sense. I no. I don't see any reason to not drink at home, drink responsibly, and drink at home. Saying. I mean, we you talked know. about this a while ago. Like, you know, if, if we had decided either to drink at a club or drink at home, I mean, we'll just drink at home. <laughs> All right, exactly. I, I love drinking at home. I think it's, it's better that way because – I'm not going to hurt anybody. I'm not driving. You know, I'm not putting anybody at risk. You know, I'm not, you know, if I did have a weapon, it would be certified and it would be, there would be paperwork on it. Um, but I don't think I'm traveling with it unless I'm going hunting or something. And of course that is confirmed with the life folks. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, that is like, that was a big time confirmed. And I, just in case anyone's listening out um, there that, um, that, I got, wants to, I, got, uh, I got your six. Yeah, Don't worry. You never, you just never know. Um, but you know, that's enough unlawful talk. Let's take a quick break and come back with some different NFL news. And we're back for more NFL news. Uh, we received word this week that the NFL approved some Rooney Rule changes, um, which is pretty exciting because there are a lot of great minority coaches, general managers, assistant general managers in the league, and potential all around the world. Um, but unfortunately, the way things are in the world, we don't get a chance to see those hirings. Um, unfortunately, we get people who kick the dust up on old coaches that I just don't think deserve that time of day. Uh, Hi, Jeff Fisher. Oh, my God. I didn't want to say it. But <laughs> someone please called 911 with that one. Um, um, but we had the owners um, who did shoot down. We'll go we'll start with that. They did shoot down the proposal, which I'm happy that would give teams a third round pick if a hire a minority candidate was hired for a vacant GM or head coaching position. Um, I think that that's touching a gray line that I'm, I'm happy that the NFL uh, ownership, you know, NFL ownership committee, the NFLPA, everybody that's involved. I'm glad that they were like, eh, let's not go that far. Yes. Um, and I believe the current proposal that they're going to be talking about on uh next Tuesday's mm -hmm. um, virtual meeting is, and there's two different things. It better, things be, virtual. That it better be virtual. It would be virtual. It would be virtual. They, they ain't doing yeah, anything live for a while. Yeah. They ain't not doing anything yeah. face to face for Nothing. a long time, actually. They, they uh, can't. They're but all, the new uh, approval yeah, will, high risk. I see. I saw what you did there. That was pretty good. Uh, 
Uh, a team could approve its third round draft selection by up to 16 picks, uh, going up six, uh, 10 spots if they decide to hire a minority candidate as a general manager or an equivalent level position, and six spots if you hire a minority head coach. Which I get it. You know, I mean, obviously, it's important to for you know minority coaches to be taken seriously. And, and I don't want people to think as minority as just African Americans. I mean, we're talking about Latino. We're talking. We're talking pretty much everybody. You know, yep. we want it to be all inclusive. You know, um, it just so happens that there are a lot of African-American coaches who are assistant GMs, who are in those positions, assistant coaches, position coaches, who would qualify for head coaching roles. They get interviewed over and over and over. They just don't get the opportunity. Nope. You, you, but you do see other people um, who may have not been an assistant for too long and you may not have ever even heard of them, yep. but they get uh, opportunities. Um, or even if you see you know, a minority get a head coaching spot, it's in a terrible situation. True. And there's it like is. no way. Right. And that's the part that kind of stinks. Um, but I do like some of the rules that they that they made um, here. It says teams will now be required to interview at least two candidates from outside their organization for any vacant head coaching job and at least one minority candidate from outside their organization, which is pretty awesome. Um, and that's for any vacant offensive, defensive, or special teams job. I think previously it states that the teams only um, had to interview one minority candidate for just the head coach yep. and none for the coordinators, which is pretty cool because I, I do think that some of these younger coaches, you know, coaches, I guess, are former retired players or, you know, um, you got all these assistants coming in from college. You had a lot of players, a lot of people moving around who are trying to get these jobs. Um, and I think getting the person in there and judging them based on their acumen rather than, I guess, their – Skin color, which I can't believe in 2020 we're still having this conversation, but well, uh, the NFL is still a private company, and that's true too. That is true. Um, but what did you think about the anti tampering policy here? Um, I do not, I like it and I don't like it. Okay, um, teams being able to deny assistant coaches and executives the opportunity to interview for jobs, of course, I've seen it. You know, you, you got your coach there and your team's doing well and another team comes in and they're like, oh, you know, I mean, I kind of want to hire him for my head coach. He's doing a pretty good job for you. I want to bring him over to my team. And then that current team's like, no, I don't think we want to let him go yet. Um, so apparently the new rule establishes that that it would prohibit a club from denying an assistant coach an opportunity to interview for a new team as their coach, I guess. Uh, so it's like, it makes sense because an assistant coach should be able to go forward and move up. I could see them denying it if it's assistant to assistant. Yes. So I guess if you want to get hired, it's like you have to be up for a promotion pretty much. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense. 
I, I, I can understand that. Um, and I don't think too many people were denying that, but maybe they were, and we just didn't know it. Um, I could probably, I could actually see that. Uh, so it's like, hey, it. yeah. So it's like, hey, you know, you're a quarterback coach over here. I want you to come to my team and be a wide receiver coach. No, 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 no. We're not allowing that. Oh no, you're you're a quarterback coach. We want you to come over here and be offensive coordinator. We don't want that either, but we'll allow it. Yes, because it's a promotion. Makes sense. I like that. I like it. Yeah, I'm uh, okay with that actually. Um, I think that would make things a lot more interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I am never a fan of you know companies preventing you from moving forward and want you that's to because just take none, lateral. That's because most of the time we don't tell them we're leaving mm. <laughs> until it's time to leave. Well. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It was just why we tell them that no, you can't call my current boss. Why don't you get out of here? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's exactly what we tell them. Um, but these guys don't have a choice because it's like every time you turn around, there's a media story about, you know, you know, such and vacancy. such, such and such and such is uh, mm-hmm. a potential candidate for this head coaching position. You don't even know it yet. <laughs> the media then told you. You don't. You have no idea. You haven't heard anything from your agent. You haven't heard anything. But all of a sudden, you're on the news because uh, you know Adam Schefter is telling everybody that you're a hot candidate. Or Ian Rappaport. <laughs> freaking Ian Rappaport. Um, but it does say here number to a number of executive positions teams in the league office are now required to interview minorities and or female applicants which i don't think they needed to do that i think females kind of fall into the minority as well yes um for in this for, in this for, example absolutely yeah for positions such as team president senior executives in communication finance human resources legal operations sales and some other positions there as well uh which i like um I think the NBA has done a great job with that. Um, and NFL teams, you know, such as Tampa Bay, we had the 49ers. I know we did that story um, during the Super Bowl where, you know, the NFL is starting to bring in coaches <clears throat> who are qualified to do the job. And I, I applaud those coaches and those organizations who focused on people who can do the job rather than focusing on sex or gender or anything like that. Um, And, you know, I actually watched a, I think it was a video, of course I'm a Bucks fan, so I watched the Bucks video, and the players were talking about how cool it was to have someone so knowledgeable about getting their bodies ready. Because everybody brings their own skill set. So if you hire somebody with a specific skill set, because I believe in Tampa they brought in two uh, female coaches for strength and conditioning so it's like everybody has their own skills so it's like if you bring in somebody who has you know skill and calisthenics you know and flexibility she's going to push them to their max just like a regular strength and conditioning a a male strength and conditioning coach i don't want to say regular um would push them so i think it's pretty awesome and uh i look forward to seeing the first female general manager actually looking forward to that I'm looking for just seeing change in the NFL because uh, I felt like they have been, you know, 20 years behind for a lot of things. So it's great to see that they're coming, you know, at least as recent as possible. Yeah, I'm interested to see what happens. Um, you know, it, it's 
it's one of those things where when you look at the grand scheme of everything in the world, like there are so many different people doing things. You got kids making millions of dollars. You got people, you know, being, you know, broken, unemployed one day. They record a video on their phone. They're millionaires the next day. You got things being created and pushed every single day. There's no reason to still be old school about pretty much anything. It's the lack of wanting to open up. Yeah. So go against that that grain of what they have, you know, placed into their heads from, you know, those from yesteryear. So I mean, so I'm happy. Hopefully, they get a chance to reap what they're sowing with this type of rule. Um, Let's see here. Looks like there's a few more I see here. It shows me here. Each of the 32 teams will establish a minority coaching fellowship program. This is my favorite one, actually. Uh, The coaching fellowships are to be full-time positions, one or two years in length, to provide NFL legends, minority female participants with hands-on training in NFL coaching. This is the idea is to establish a larger pool of qualified candidates in the pipeline, which will lead to head coaching candidates, which head coaching candidates are ultimately drawn. And the reason why I like this is because not only are you getting NFL coaching experience, you know, you're, you're getting that, you know, that experience, but these coaches are going to be able to go back, even if they wanted to, let's say, start from the bottom. Yeah. You know, let's say they want to go and take this experience and get a head coaching job at a high school. They want to go and get a head coaching or assistant coaching job in a college or in the arena football league or Canadian football league, Mm -hmm. you know, when uh, Ted Turner decides to buy the XFL or something, you know, you just never, (laughs) you just never know. Uh, I I just figured I would throw that out there. I don't know who's going to buy the XFL. Um, I I figured the cons are somewhere in there just counting their cash. I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think so either. I just want to throw that out there too. Um, But I like that a lot. I like this. Um, I think if there was a way to get in and, you know, it was open to people who just wanted to become coaches, I mean, heck, I would apply for it. Uh, But I think that's awesome. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I think a program to help build it. Yeah, I'm actually completely agree with you. Now I'm rethinking about it for a second. Like, yeah, I actually like that. What were you initially thinking? I was so for me, I'm still thinking of well, you know, percentage of hirings like would that go higher towards those minority groups or will it still essentially stay the same? I think in the beginning it's going to stay the same. Um, and I think it says here that Art Rooney II said in the league news release and says here the development of young coaches and young executives and is the key to the future these steps will assure coaching and football personnel are afforded a fair and equal opportunity uh to advance throughout our football operations so to me it's probably going to stay the same for quite some time um but i think eventually as some of these coaches which we know i mean some of them are getting older but as you see every year everybody's starting to kind of bring in a younger person. Um, So, you know, you had, let's see, let me think of a good good example here. You had, 
Marvin Lewis, for example. You know, you know how I feel about Marvin Lewis. So the Bengals go out. And, exactly. Instead of the Bengals going out and hiring an older coach, you know, a, a seasoned coach, they went out and, and hired Zach Taylor, you know, which is not a minority hire by, by far. But based on his age, he's a minority technically. So they're hiring these younger guys to kind of change the guard. Like, all right, we need a whole culture change. Yeah. Who knows if Zach doesn't do well with uh, number one overall pick, you know, you know, Burrow Joe, uh, then I think, you know, maybe they will bring in somebody old again, you know, or maybe they will bring in a minor- minority. Yeah. Um, but at the, at the end of the day, I think eventually you're going to have to go to the well. And I'm hoping that these programs and the people who are minorities, you know, like your, I think this article here mentions, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Eric Bellimi, Benimi, uh, the chief's officer coordinator who goes yeah. on a lot of interviews uh, for the last two to three years. He goes on interviews. He gets, uh, you know, next year or, you know, he gets pretty much pushed back. He's just like filling that requirement. Mm-hmm. He deserves to be a head coach. Yeah. To at, least maybe, see, to at least see if he can, you know, do it. But see, the other thing I don't like and I don't want people to think, you know, is that, oh, he's he didn't get it because, he, because he's African-American. And we don't know how he interviews. Yes. We have no idea. Because that's a huge thing. You know, I mean, you go on an interview, you, you think you're saying all the right things. But it come, comes to find out that you're just not who they want. Yep. And I mean, it happens. I mean, sometimes the people interviewing you just don't like your face. Facts. <laughs> and, and they wouldn't like it whether you were white or black. It doesn't yep. even matter. They just don't like your face. They don't like your voice, which happens. They don't like your attitude. They don't like your plan. They just don't like it. They don't like the way you walked in, the color suit you wore, you know, and, and all this plays a plan because we ties, know your eye color. I mean, there's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he has too much stubble, too much stubble on us. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it just depends. You know, we all, you know, we we've been interviewing for years, and we forget. Like, even though these are quote unquote high profile jobs, because um, there's only so many of them in the, you know, it's only two of them. So it, we don't think about these high profile jobs being top tier. You know, they have to prepare. They have to come in and, and be ready to, to give the complete game plan. You know, what's your plan? What's your, you know, I don't know how many years they're going to say, what's your two-year plan? You know what I mean? Three-year, four-year plan, whatever the contract is. So to me, it's it's tough. You're talking about preparing for the interview potentially of your life. Pretty much. You know, so I'm happy with the Rooney Rules. Any final thoughts on the Rooney Rules, Aaron? No, I just want to see how this, uh, I mean, we're going to know if it's working or not within like the first few years. So, you know, at least at this point, there's not a whole lot that we can. I think you have to look at, I think people have to look at the amount of minorities that became officer coordinators over the last couple of years. And I, I even though there aren't a lot of head coaches, um, I think in this situation we have to look at the amount of minority coaches that are at the assistant level 
I think eventually they're going to supersede. You just have a lot of people who are tenured, who are really, really winning. I just don't know about the people who just continue to lose and get opportunities. That part I don't like. Um, but you look at the people who are winning. Eventually, somebody's got to take over for those people. Mm-hmm. And who knows? Maybe it'll be a it'll be a minority in that, that particular uh, community. We're gonna see. We'll see. We will see. But uh, while we're waiting to see, let's take a quick break and come back with some more debate among friends. And we're back. Doc, the penultimate episode of season two of Dark Side of the Ring. The Row Warriors, Legion of Doom, however you want to call them. One of the greatest tag teams in wrestling history. They have left a legacy. That... You know, people talk about how great people are. Like, they lived it. <laughs> they really did. Um, it, it brought a lot of realizations, um, one of which was how many great wrestlers came from uh, Minnesota. Yeah, and, you know, I had an opportunity to look that up, and there's actually a – a ranking system on Ranker.com for the best professional wrestlers from Minnesota. Um, and obviously, when we're watching wrestling, they get billed from all kinds of places. You know, uh, Death Valley, obviously, is one of them. Of course. <laughs> um, you know, Chicago, as we well know. Chicago. Um, but Exactly. Um, but there were actually, yes, a, quite a few... Um, that, of course, I didn't know. Obviously, they mentioned Mr. Perfect, mm-hmm. Rick Rude. Um, obviously, the one that we always hear is Brock Lesnar. Of, of course. course. Um, I didn't know about Arn Anderson being yep. from Minnesota. I knew I knew um, Arn Anderson was in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, there were some others. Um, Bob Acklin. And now we found out that the... Road Warriors, yes. the Legion of Doom. We're both from Minnesota, um, and that's that's really interesting. Uh, I think that it there are so many. It's such don't a forget great, about Scott Norton. Well, I, there are a lot of people on this list. Thirty six in total. All of them. Uh, I haven't even had, looked at the list. I just know Scott Norton's yeah, from there. It, um, I know yes, Molly Holly's from there. Eric, Eric Rowan, Chad Gable. Uh, Nikita Kolak yes. was part of the episode as well. Yes, um, there are a lot of people that are, are from there. It's it's a pretty pretty significant list in wrestling history. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that, but as you heard before the this particular session started, you heard Hulk give the legendary "What a rush." Yeah, I'm not going to do it. I see you making the face there. Uh, but you heard him do it. And when you heard it, it was so uh, spectacular. Yes. The pop, 
the pop that they would get, whether they were face or heels, it didn't matter. Honestly, this was one of the faster paced Dark Side of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Um, the the downward spiral was super quick. Um, well, I mean, yes, uh, it was, it was the build up was, was long. The build up was long, but the spiral down was the pretty spiral. Fast. Oh my god, it was just like, what the heck? Um, but I enjoyed this one. I watched it earlier today. I like, I like things to be fresh. You know, I like it to be fresh, you know. And I'm going to tell you this right now. And I, I don't think I've ever said this out loud. But I never saw Paul Ellerling ever in my life until just recently. With uh, Yeah, like people were saying, oh, you don't know Paul Ellerling? I was like... Oh yeah, I know that guy. No, well, you know what? You're right because I remember when Author of Pain started. You was yeah. like, "Who was that guy?" I'm like, mm. "You serious?" <laughs> oh yeah, I know him. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, how could I forget about that guy? Oh man. Oh man, Paul Ellerling. Ellerling, <laughs> you better you know, watch out because you're gonna get an Ellerling yeah. attack out here. <laughs> exactly. I'd never, never seen him a day in my life. Um, but. Um, seeing him assist them in their rate, their rise to stardom, I like the fact that it was so organic. It was like, first of all, I don't know. Let's go back and talk about their early gimmicks. The YMCA, as <laughs> as Animal put it, <laughs> definitely different time. <laughs> yeah, um, but. The idea of saying he's like I forget what he said they were gonna call Hawk, but he was like I'm I'm not going by that I'm I'm gonna go by Hawk. You know? Yep. But going above and beyond above and beyond to really develop the characters, I never knew why Hawk had his hair the way he did. Mm. I never ever knew that. I never would have even put two and two together that they he was doing a reverse mohawk. I never I. I thought, he he was hair. He, I thought he was losing his hair, honestly, this whole no. time. I didn't know what was going on. Um, I like the face paint. The spike story was where, where it really hit the fan because I was like, dang, Animal was in there just making mm-hmm. the spiked shoulder pads, yeah. bro. I love it. And then that coming, I loved it, though. Didn't it? Then to add the motorcycles, I mean, wow. Like, what a character development with a manager who could really sell and take care of them. Um, what a. And of course, Paul know, was their manager both in the ring and outside in the ring and, as well. Right, which is perfect. Uh, which, I mean, we're talking about a, a natural success story. Mm hmm. I mean, they traveled all over the world beating people up, bro. I know. Beating people up. I know. And learning about how they trained become wrestlers was also very right. interesting. Never knew it. How would we know that they were bouncers and somebody came up and it's like, hey, Eddie Sharkey comes up and say, hey, you guys should wrestle. Yep. And then old Anderson, you guys should come wrestle over here. Which is hilarious because they he first brought Hawk over, right? Um, no, he brought um, beating people up. Yes, I believe it was actually Animal first. Yeah. Well, no, Animal. No way. Somebody went to Canada first. Uh, 
I think Hawk was in Canada. No, no, no. Hawk was Hawk was in with Ole Anderson. Animal yes. was in Canada. Animal was in Canada. Yes, that's right. And then he came back because he he wasn't making a lot of money, mm-hmm. which made sense because at that time no one was making money hardly ever unless you were right. you know top talent. Right. So then Ole Anderson said, "Hey, I'm going to put you guys together." No, no, no. You, know, you got to say the other part of that. He was like, "Yeah, I'm looking for this guy." He's like, "Oh no, no, this is this other guy." Wait, there's two of them. <laughs> That part was pretty funny. There's two of them, and that's amazing. Um, that's that was an amazing part of the story, you know. And then they just started bar fight pretty much for the remainder of their careers. Really, you think about it. I mean, you know, they just went around. They theoretically, this is kind of what I would say the APA was built off of. The APA are like kittens compared to the road warriors. I think this is what they, but but I'm saying this is what they were supposed to be. Yes. This bad team that was just supposed to go around beating people up. Um, But you couldn't do it like the road warriors. I mean, and let's not even, let's not even skip past the doomsday device. Excellent finish. Uh, Unfortunately, it's no longer a finish. It's not. It's, probably just a spot at this point it is a spot now speaking of spots what did you think about vince mcmahon taking the wrestlers finishers at the bar oh no i, I knew about that i knew that story <laughs> oh no vince, i never heard of vince, that vince is wild <laughs> vince, vince has done some crazy stuff i told you about the um the little animated shirt that they put up talking about how vince was always trying to pin kurt angle all the time that's crazy. And sitting there getting That's mad crazy. at Matt Hardy, he's like, "Damn it, Hardy, you messed it all up!" <laughs> wow. Uh, I know you told me about the rib that they played on Coach the other day. Yeah. So yeah, Vince is notorious for trying to just do stuff. Like he won. He's one of the. He wanted to be one of the guys. Like I don't blame him though. But now, and and that brings me to my next point. I'm wondering if him being one of the guys led to him not having control over somebody like Hawk. Uh, no, because Hawk was not controllable before he went to WWE. So I can't put that on Vince. You can't put it. And again, and I mentioned this previously. Yes. On Debate Among Friends. (laughs) (laughs) If I I didn't know, if I didn't watch all of these episodes, I really would believe that this person... I almost got you there. <laughs> I would believe that this person, that, that the writers and the directors of this show really wanted to bring down Vince McMahon and his whole empire. But well, it just I so happened that he is involved in so much of this stuff. It's all coincidental. Um, so obviously, this made me sad for Road Warrior Animal. Because yes. the amount of stuff that he had to deal with. You know, and Animal is always Animal would be considered the other guy technically, because there's always another guy in tag teams. You see, that's why oh, I'll, I'll respectfully yeah. disagree with you because on, with because in order for him to be the other guy, one of them actually have to become a successful single act, and that has not happened with this team. Well, and that's the thing because I think. Animal tried to do the singles thing, and he, he, he obviously no. it didn't work out. No, 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 no. He he was so basically he just went to Japan 
And then he mm-hmm. ends up just bringing someone else on. He never did it solo. What was on my animal? Animal, I think, tried to do solo at one point. In well, I guess he was doing a lot of uh, handicap matches, which is ridiculous. Yeah, um, he would just try to keep up the name of the team so it doesn't which... lose its credibility. Which I, you know, completely applaud him. You know, of course, you know he had his own demons. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not gonna sit here and act like he was an absolute saint because even True. he'll tell you that he wasn't a saint at all. But I mean, True. Hawk was on an entirely different level. Like Hawk was going 100 miles per hour from you know sunrise to sunset, and sometimes even beyond that. <laughs> but but no no no, there was no Janetti with the uh, Road Warriors though. I can't I can't agree. I mean, I wouldn't say Janetti. You took it way too far. I'm just saying. I mean, essentially, the other guy person. is Janetti. Come on, no. Like like Janetti started the Janetti. <laughs> no no no. I mean more. I mean, Hawk didn't sit there and go. Is there something wrong with the Road Warriors? I don't think no. so. <laughs> And like, you know, it's like, you, well, I'm not saying like the guy. I was saying like, you you really wanted to see Hawk. I mean, he's the one that did the voice. I mean, even though you, after this particular episode, we realized how really a lot of this came from Animal. Yeah, you know, like, I, I mean, some of the ideas. I think the Legion of Doom, I believe, came from Hawk. But a lot of what they did came which, which from Which they had the, the source of that completely wrong. Yeah, they like, did. That I was, was sitting there the whole time. I'm like, that's not He-Man. He-Man. He-Man? Yeah. He-Man? You kidding me? Legion of, Legion of, I'm trying to understand. Like, Where did they get this from? But like the, I, I thought there was something. I, honestly, I thought it was just something that I... I didn't understand. I was like, either that or I was I was eating way too many sugary cereals growing up as a kid. Yeah, I was like, maybe um maybe this is just something that I just don't know about. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let it go. No, um, but, no, because no, the internet did not let that go. I'm like, y'all should have definitely fact checked that before y'all allowed that to go into yeah. final. So ultimately mm-hmm. they break up, you know, um after Endless and countless run-ins with alcohol, drugs, painkillers, muscle relaxers, so on and so forth. Which Animal actually mentioned, like a lot of the guys that died in that time frame from the '90s, it was really from muscle relaxers. Yeah, well, from the '80s, from the '80s and '90s. Yeah, that's that's a not shocking because we knew they were on drugs, but that's one of those things where it's sad to sad to say because. Or sad to hear because a lot of those people we grew up idolizing, and to hear that most of them were addicted to drugs is kind mm-hmm. of kind of rough, you know. Um, but this was a really, really good episode. It was very obviously eye-opening. right. Obviously, well, like most documentaries and bio documentaries, when you know the end. It's always sad because you don't want to come to the end again because it kind of brings you back to that initial like, oh, my God, why couldn't you do this or that? Um, So by the end, we realized that, you know, the downward spiral was a little bit of what we thought it was. Obviously, the WWE painted a picture 
toward the end of his WWE career. I think they had him playing a, a drunk character. Yeah, which that was, you know, I mean, bro, I mean, you know, this was a really good idea, bro. You know, we could do this and get a lot of ratings, bro. Bro. I don't know if you know who I'm talking about, but for those that know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're talking about Vince Russo just in case people don't know. Um, but <laughs> you know, I think um that was too close to home and too rough. Another draw sighting, mm-hmm. which I didn't realize how much he was involved in wrestling. This really liked him. <laughs> For a guy that could just throw up and it, he, like that's this was the editor. That's crazy. I mean, as Ben um, says, you know, this is some good sh- sugar. Uh, um, we don't draws- mean we don't mean <laughs> store brand friends. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So draws replaces Hawk. On the LOD. Yeah. Which, I mean, he looked the part. Nothing will be as worse as Heidenreich. Right. Draws looked the part, though. Yes. He did look the part. And they um, did a better job leading up to that. Mm-hmm. It just was, it's just something that should have just died, though. Maybe, like, I understand you're a road warrior. You know, you want to be a road warrior forever. But now, after a while, it's like, it, it's over. Pretty you much. know what I mean? Like you could still be animal. You could just be, you know, anything. You could, you know, anything. You yeah. know, like just imagine had they just kept doing the demolition over and over. You know what I'm saying? Like eventually, it's over. Like pretty much, on, guys, it's over. Pretty. And like, what hurt demolition was adding crush. Too much. It's just too much. Just too too much. much. So. The one thing I I do like is that we we do get one more episode, which is going to be really really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the next week's finale is going to be Owen Hart's death, which we all know. Um, very very sad. Uh, don't I, I don't think I was watching that pay per view. I'm very happy I wasn't. Yeah, watching I wasn't it. watching that either. I found out about that the next day in school. It's yes. like, did you hear? I'm like, what? Owen Hart died. I'm like, what? Right. And then they had to right. explain to me what happened in graphic mm-hmm. detail because as kids, we just love to just talk too much. Yeah, way too much. <laughs> uh, but the one thing, and just before I do that, um, was there anything else from the Road Warriors that you wanted to point out before um, I do a slight segue? Yeah, so the last thing I'm going to talk about was one of my favorite entrances of all time. And you heard me talk about this a lot, and they mentioned mm-hmm. it during the show, what was the uh, SummerSlam out in uh, Wembley, um, mm-hmm. where the Road Warriors came out you know, with Rocco mm-hmm. on the motorcycles. One of my right. favorite entrances of all time. It's so sad. But knowing about, and I knew about the backstory. <laughs> sure. But like to know like how bad off Hawk really was, like that broke me. Like I was pretty sad about that. Um, yeah. And the fact that they, they were saying he couldn't do the finishing. Yeah. Well, and you could tell that in the ring. Even as a kid, I'm like, I don't think, something, I don't think Hawk is right right now. <laughs> something's going on. Like, yes. why is he. You know, but I don't know. You know, but when you look back at certain things, 
you know, you kind of just start to realize, like, when you look back at it, you don't realize why it's happening. Sometimes mm-hmm. when you look back at it, um, you realize that something's wrong. Like, um, and I felt that way. Just a quick segment before we go on to this next topic here. I felt that way after watching, as you, as WWE fans know, The Undertaker's Last Ride documentary. And I was watching the first episode. I haven't watched the second one yet, but he was going against Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. And Roman bounced off the rope, bounced off the second rope, and Undertaker was expecting to get the spear on the second rope. Yep. But then Roman bounced off the third rope, and Undertaker was like, oh. <laughs> and you could see he was so mad, uh, but he was just like, "Go on, kid, just spear me already." Well, that <laughs> entire match was <laughs> yeah, an absolute cluster, folks. <laughs> but it's just like when you when you're in it, you know, you don't really recognize all of the details of how bad or how great something is. No, until you that match that. is. We knew how bad it was. Yeah. And it became yeah. worse with the Goldberg Undertaker match. As somebody true. So true. Yeah. No. I no no. But I give Undertaker a pass for that. He he knew when he should have retired. Um, he just wanted money. Yeah. So and tell unfortunately, me. unfortunately, he uh, had a very AJ Styles in the matches. But uh, we wanted to segue. We wanted that. to talk about this article that I mentioned uh, right before we started this segment, actually. Uh, right. Cultaholic, and make sure you follow Cultaholic out there on social media as well as their YouTube channel as well too, cheap plug uh, put up five ideas for future Dark Side of the Ring episodes and I'm going to name them and then we'll quickly talk about them because we, yes. you know, we're just going to talk about so number five, we have Marty Jannetty uh, number four uh, we have the British Bulldog, the tag team um, number three we have uh, Black Saturday and that is when uh, Vince started to muscle his way into some of the territories. Uh, but this is talking more for the uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling. Number two is Brian Pillman, um, his career in life. And number one is The Ultimate Warrior. Doc, what was your thoughts on this five? Um, the only reason I wouldn't expect them to do the... Marty Janetti one. I'm sorry, I, mm-hmm. I thought I dropped something. Um, Marty Janetti is still alive, obviously, and I think I told you this the other day. I feel like they focus so much on people dying, like people who've died, um, because it, it minus even though they should, yeah, even though they should focus on people who are alive and have done some crazy things. Um, I think Janetti would be good. I just don't see it happening. I feel like that one won't get as much attention. I feel like yeah. those those who really want to know, like, will definitely watch it. But like, right. people are like, I mean, he started the meme of being Janetti in the tag right. team, like, and that which I don't agree with. Uh, I still don't agree with. I still don't agree with that that statement because I, I mean, really, it's there's always the other guy who's just not as popular mm-hmm. as the other ones. But it's like it's very rare, you know what I mean? That you get two guys who are really popular. Um, it's like you wanted to see Booker T, you know, who really cared about Stevie Ray like that sometimes. I mean, I ain't saying he made a face. I mean, but let's just be honest. I mean, Booker T was the main attraction. It's not untrue, unfortunately. But Brian Pillman yeah. will be an excellent season finale. I think that one would garner a lot of views. 
Um, True. Because, I mean, Brian Pillman was way ahead of his time. No, he was um, really good. And I feel like if they decide to do the Ultimate Warrior, I feel like that would be a great season premiere. I think I would, because I, I, I don't really know anything about the Ultimate Warrior, honestly, but outside of the drugs and running down to the ring, you know, reaching for the heavens, that's just the generic stuff. You know, like, I don't know. I, I want to know how he came up with his move. Like, I want to know his training background. Like, I, I really want to know some of these things because I know nothing about the Ultimate Warrior at all. <laughs> I really hope they do a Dark Side of the Ring episode. Right. Be like, I, what the heck is oh this? Oh, my God. I mentioned one, um, you know, that I think would be an excellent episode, which would be um, on the original Doink. And of that and character. We talk- it, yeah, it, would, we talked it, about it that. would work within the theme of what they're trying to do, people who died. I think it would have to go because in the documentaries that they're out about him right now, I think they would have to to go back further. Yes. And I think that's the that's the problem. So it wouldn't necessarily about be about doing it would be more about the person who played doing. Like yes. they would have to focus on his early career. I, I guess that would be okay. It just, I just don't know if they can focus on doing it. Man, to just focus on him as an overall person, because I mean, his career later on, I mean, his life really much became, I am, or I used to be doing the clown. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah, it would be interesting. It's going to be, I'll say that it would be interesting only because we've seen so many videos of him. Yes. Uh, but Doc, anything else you want to talk about with Dark Side of Dream? Um, well, I think the one thing that I've loved about the series, number one, outside of Jericho doing the commentary, I think he's done a great job. And he I think that he adds just a a small touch of the current, the present, you know, the past. And mm-hmm. I, I think you know, he's built a, a solid career for himself, so he's a perfect voice for this. Um, but I like how detailed it is and how they they are digging into things that, like, they're not being lazy about yes. it. You know what I mean? Like, they're really digging and looking for the true stories. Outside of the He-Man thing, I haven't really seen too many mistakes, um, at least not that we know of. Um, and I, we wasn't going to go that deep into researching the uh, yeah yeah it could have left that part out and it would have been all good but i like the fact that they're not being lazy about it and they're really giving some good good content um obviously we all love the legion of doom growing up and um i'll probably play that sound clip one more time (laughs) uh, just for (laughs) for the nostalgia um but no i think that's it for me as far as uh the dark side I'm, i'm i'm happy with it Excellent. Well, folks, we'll be right back with more Debate Amongst Friends right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, at the end of every show, we like to do what's called the two-minute drill, where we go over stories and headlines that we didn't get a chance to cover during the show. Um, I'm going to kick it off by saying 
the Tampa Bay Tribune found Tom Brady connecting with fellow receiver Mike Evans and O.J. Howard in a high school field this past weekend, just getting their practice in. Prof? Fearing the beard no more, Ben Rosselberger is ready to get back into the fray of the NFL as he recovered from his Tommy John surgery. Back to you, Doc. Booger McFarlane, that's Anthony Booger McFarlane, will no longer be on the sidelines during Monday Night Football. He has been reassigned to the ESPN studio where he stated that his contract does have some years left on it, so he's not going anywhere. Prof? And we are celebrating the silver anniversary, 25-year anniversary of the co-rookie of the year back in 1995 as Jason Kidd and Grant Hill take home that prestigious award. Back to you, Doc. And lastly, we got news that former number one or top-ranked high school prospect Mac McClung out of Virginia has put his name in the transfer portal from Georgetown. Uh, so we're going to be interested in following that story to see where he transfers. And that is all for today's show. Be sure to tune in next week for more news, reactions, and the reads. Thank you for listening to Debate Amongst Friends. Give us a follow on our social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also listen to all of our Debate Amongst Friends podcasts here on Anchor, as well as Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and iTunes. And like we always say, goodbye, and to all, a good night. L-E-S-G. Peace the ocean. Yay!